0: H.R. Puff and Stuff Who's your friend when things get Stuff Can't do a little You can't do and Stuff when things
1: get They play it right? back with you on 720 WGN So this year marks the 50th anniversary of 1960's psychedelic children's classic H.R. Puffin and Stuff Sid and Marty Croft created these memorable magical Saturday morning live action television shows beginning with creating the costumes for the Banana Splits in addition to Land of the Lost, The Bugaloos, Far Out Space Nuts, Electra Woman, and Girl, not to mention countless variety shows. But their success extends far beyond. They've entertained millions, employed thousands, and inspired many of today's content creators. And they're still in production today with Mutton Stuff, which airs on Nickelodeon. And joining us to celebrate over 50 years of partnership and countless childhood memories is half of the legendary duo of Croft Productions. That's Marty Croft. Hey, Marty.
0: Nice to be here. Thank you.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: After hearing your, after hearing your introduction, I, need, I, need, I think I need some vitamins.
1: <laughs> you guys have just never, ever, ever stopped working. And really, on behalf of all of us that love these classic shows, you know, thank you.
0: Well, hey, I'm glad you're the fan.
1: Absolutely. That's
0: why I called you on Sunday.
1: That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. You know, puppetry, though, I was looking back at this. Puppetry is part of your family history, beginning with your father.
0: Right. Well, my dad, you know, he was actually not the puppeteer, but he managed my brother, who is a lot older than me. Not that much. Close to 10 years.
1: <laughs> yeah. Anyway,
0: he's in good shape. though. If you ask me where he is, you won't believe it. He's at the gym.
1: He's working out. Good for him. <laughs>
0: Absolutely, every day.
1: That's great. I go
0: to work, and he goes to the gym. <laughs> it's
1: a great partnership. What a what a ying and yang that is. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Well, you you and your brother are really a perfect balance in the in in the relationship in this partnership. You first um, collaborated together in nineteen. I think it was nineteen fifty eight when Sid was performing with Judy Garland. Is that right?
0: Right. Yeah, my brother was with his puppets. Uh, you know, we're puppeteers. That's how we started. Uh, he uh, was the opening act for several stars, and that's when I joined him. I joined the act. You know, he was on. We were on with Judy Garland for about a year, on and off. Uh, Sinatra, uh, Liberace, uh, Tony Martin, Cicciarelli's. Uh, gee, it was on and on. So, you know, we were always hired to be their opening act because. It was always consistent for them, because the star always looks for somebody to warm up the audience. Sure, But they have the media, and you never know what's going to happen. So it left, a, it left them a big opening for us.
1: Yeah, and these shows, I mean, you know, again, you were mentioning all these names that you, you worked with and opened for and included Sinatra too, and Liberace and the Andrews sisters. The shows were really about marionettes for adults, and it's really nothing that had ever been done like that before. I mean, that was groundbreaking in itself.
0: Yeah, that's right. Just think about it. The Dirty Puppet Show.
1: Yeah, right. Right,
0: exactly. That was a quote I just stole from Time Magazine. Is that right? (laughs) Is that Uh, what they called it? Yeah, well, we were at the Seattle World's Fair, (laughs) and the fair brought us up and built us a theater. Mm -hmm. And uh, we were actually the hit of the the fair as far as the shows go. And uh, on opening day, Billy Graham had a rally, and... They invited him to come see our show during the day. And somehow that night, he told 30,000 people, don't go see a show called Les Poupées de Paris because the women don't wear bras.
1: Oh, that's right.
0: (laughs) Time magazine picked up on it and clarified that they were not girls, they were puppets.
1: Oh, that's funny. That's funny. And he actually came and saw the show and he, he didn't realize those were marionettes, huh?
0: Well, no, he did. But forgot to tell his
1: audience. Ah, gotcha, gotcha.
0: But the girls don't wear bras. It's the puppets that didn't wear bras.
1: Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Well, I mean, and you did this. I mean, you you guys toured for for years, really honing your craft. And I have heard you tell the story before. You were the opening act for for Tony Martin. And one night you were uh, in the polo lounge at the Beverly Hills Hotel where you met Walt Disney, and he gave right, you some right. really great advice.
0: Right. He came over to the table, uh, didn't know that he had been at the opening of Judy Garland in Vegas a year earlier, and because uh, they had flown in all these stars. Mm-hmm. First time she ever appeared. So he heard you know, about our puppets, and so he said, whatever you do, don't sell anything you ever create. And always fight for your name above the title, and that'll be the hardest thing. And, and he wasn't kidding. So he did, told us those two things, but the most important thing he forgot to tell me, he never told me how to save my money. Right? <laughs> and that's probably why I'm still working. Well, you I had know, a good time in the 90s yeah. and in the 2000s, and now I still have to work, but that's probably a godsend.
1: Uh, yeah, right. I mean, right. If you if you keep working and loving what you do, you know, I mean, that, that's, that's the secret, right, to longevity?
0: Well, yeah. You know well, I you know, it isn't just Sid and Marty Kloff. You know, we have a company. Sure. Uh, we're probably the only independent left from the 70s and 80s that produce kids shows. You know, from Hanna-Barbera, on and on, Filmation, they all went out of business, or they sold out, or they went bankrupt. Right. You know, right. so, you know, we're holding the flag. And oddly enough, uh, we're probably, there's only two companies left in L.A. Uh, that are you know, that have libraries, that never sold their company. And the one company is an elephant, and one is a flea. (laughs) So you figure out the flea, and the (laughs) elephant is Disney.
1: Yeah, (laughs) right. Yeah, no, you're totally right. But you know what? That advice he gave you, and and what you're talking about is being one of the only independents, though. I knew as a kid, and I'm talking six, seven years old watching these shows, I knew when I saw Sid and Marty Croft it was going to be something crazy good and something that I've never seen like it on, on television. And your name was as synonymous with the show names themselves and the people that start in them, because, right, you you guys put your name and labeled it right in front of the show.
0: That's right. And that was not easy. So we do have, you know, we're, we're, we're very fortunate. We have a brand. I've got three daughters. My daughter, Diana. She is the COO. She runs the place. She's also a great producer. Got two other daughters, Christine, Christina, who's an actress and a writer. And, of course, Kendra, the baby, can make us all look good. good. She's a makeup artist. <laughs> oh,
1: that's great. Right. <laughs> that's great. That's great. But, you know, you, back then you started, uh, you know, you got a call from Joe Bar- Barbera of Hannah Barbera, which is pretty cool, uh, about a project called The Banana Splits. You know, they were giants in animation, but, but they never really did, like, this live-action type thing before, and they needed your help. They they knew of you. Yeah. yeah. Tell, tell us about how that well, Not
0: only did we help create that, and we built it all, and they probably, Joe Barbera, regretted that he ever called me <laughs> because we changed the face of kids' programming yeah. after that. But why were we building it? Banana Splits? the head of programming, Larry White from New York, uh, NBC, uh, and Kellogg's would come in and check the progress. So one day, Larry White asked me, well, why don't you create your own show? And uh, so there we went. We had a character called Luther that we did shows for the Coca-Cola company at Six Flags. We had thousand seat theaters and also at a World's Fair in San Antonio called Hemisphere. So this character became like the hit of the fair. So we took that character and we developed the show around them, renamed them H.R. Puff and Stuff, and then the rest is history.
1: Where did the name come from, H.R. Puff and Stuff?
0: Well, you know, I actually uh, just came up, you know, out of nowhere, a friend of mine came up with something like that, and we actually put that. He came up with Puff and Stuff spelled it different, and... You know, we we put the H R on it, which we say is Royal Highness backwards. Nobody <laughs> believes it.
1: I like that. Okay.
0: We once had a survey of a thousand people. So a thousand people said hand nine hundred and ninety nine said hand rolled. <laughs> and the right one person said, uh, Royal Highness backwards. <laughs> and it was said in my self Oh,
1: wow. Oh, wow, that's cool. That's cool. I got you, got everybody, you
0: got someone who cares by the name of your Puffin' Stuff. Where'd you go when things get
1: rough? your Puffin' Stuff, where well, you can't do it. H.R. Puff and stuff.
0: Well, you know, I actually uh, just came up, you know, out of nowhere. A friend of mine came up with something like that, and we actually put that. He came up with Puff and stuff, spelled it different, and you know, we we put the H.R. on it, which we say is Royal Highness backwards. Nobody (laughs) believes it. I like that. We once had a survey of a thousand people. So a thousand people said. And nine hundred ninety nine said hand rolled, and the right one person said, uh, "Royal Highness backwards," and it was said in that said it.
1: Oh wow! wow! That's cool. That's cool. And you cast Jack Wild. You cast Billy Hayes as Witchy Poo, who was one of my favorites. Uh, Puff and stuff was voiced by Lenny Weinrib. And budgets at that time, you know, were about, and it sounds like a lot of money, but it's not uh, fifty five thousand dollars plus an episode. But it was never enough to do what you really had to do to make it fabulous. Because those sets, I mean, were... You know, there were only 17 episodes, which I'm not sure people realize, but, you know, that's a lot of production work, you know, uh, that goes... That went into all that.
0: Well, that was the problem. You know, you have to watch out what you wish for. We were wishing for our own show. There was no way we could do it for the fifth. It was actually 54,000 an episode, and we wound up spending about... Uh, double that and fortunately when um when a big studio does that they've got deep pockets coming from other places. Sure. But so we did have income coming from other places like the six flag parks that we we had shows at every park. There were four of them. So we, we we got ourselves in trouble but it did cost close to a million dollars an episode. And wow. most people, most kids, you know, that saw it Because of the amount of reruns, and there were like a hundred of them, of each episode, uh, everybody thought we had, we didn't know, they thought we had a hell of a lot more than seven. Yeah, yeah, I did too.
1: Right. Yeah, as a kid I did too. Um, You really didn't uh, do it, really rehearse, have rehearsals, because you filmed five days a week nonstop when you were doing these shows.
0: Yeah, we did. We filmed it, it was filmed you know, like a film and we filmed every day. So you, you, you wouldn't have, you know, we wouldn't have table reads and run throughs. So fortunately we hired the right people, you know, where well, I had to go to London to find Jack wild. He had just been nominated for an Oscar uh, for sporting actor in Oliver that ultimately won 11 Academy awards. And of course, witchy Pooh, which is Billy Hayes. She was a Broadway actress. And there's no witch better than her. So we had two pros. We had pros like Lenny Weinberg doing The Voices. So we always hired the best people we could find. And most of the time, young people. Because young people don't know what can't be done
1: so they don't know too much, which is good, which was us also. Right, right, right. I, I also know, and I'm just going to throw this in here, you guys produced uh, a lot of variety of stuff, and we'll get to that, but one of them was the Paul Lind Halloween special, which is the wildest show. I mean, the, the, the group Kiss was in it, uh, Betty White was in it. Uh, it was it was this mishmash of interesting people that I would ne- never have th- imagined putting on one show, and you had Billy Hayes, as Witchy Pooh, but then you had Margaret Hamilton as the witch from The Wizard of Oz come. And, and right. that was crazy to see those two on stage together.
0: Well, we always loved Margaret Hamilton. Yeah. In fact, she told my brother one day, the best witch ever is Witchy Pooh."
1: Oh, that's good. <laughs> Let's
0: great. face it, she was the most famous witch. Sure. But Witchy Poo, you can't beat Witchy Poo. No, no. Billy Hayes was a home run.
1: And you were filming on uh, on the Paramount set next to uh, Here's Lucy, I think, right with Lucille Ball.
0: One thing that amazes me this morning. You know, you know more than I do about what went on. <laughs> you did your homework. You <laughs> have the best memory going.
1: <laughs> no, I do. I do do my homework when I'm when I'm talking to, uh, especially when wow. I'm talking to a legend. I'll tell you. Um, but Lucy used to come over to your set and and check things out, because she thought it was fabulous, right?
0: Wow, you even have that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Lucy, uh, that's where we, I think, first met her. I bonded with her big time. Ultimately, I bonded with her family. Mostly, uh, you know, Lucy, the daughter, was a close friend of mine. And, you know, uh, Lucille Ball was a trip. As a matter of fact, she used to always invite me over to her house while she was doing her makeup so I would sit in her bathroom and we would like, dialogue for an hour at a time
1: that's great so,
0: but this was you know that family was great and uh you know we were we were real close to them and of course if she hadn't been next door to us at Paramount we would probably never never had that would have never happened
1: that's very cool that's very cool
0: you know, you know the sad part what's that I talk about this all the time. When we were with all these stars and all these people, whoever they were, they were more than the ones we work with of course, you couldn't carry a camera around and take a picture. Because there were no cell phones. So I have very few pictures of being with these people.
1: I know, that's kind of a bummer. I know what you're saying. I, right. You know, it was more about autographs back then. I mean I, well but this is was your experience. I mean, being a producer and stuff and getting to meet and talk to all these people. Yeah, you would have to have had a photographer follow you around twenty four seven, right?
0: Well, listen, I got stories that no one believes. <laughs> Are you kidding? I met uh, at the Fontainebleau, Miami, where we worked with Judy Garland, and Sonata was coming in after us. He said, Come on, follow me. I want you to meet somebody. He walked me down to the pool into a cabana, and who was in there was uh, Jimmy Hopper and his wife. Wow. So I bonded with Jimmy Hopper and his wife. Wow. So I got to know them, and uh, I got stories there that were incredible.
1: I bet. But, but uh, no pictures. No pictures. <laughs> I know. That's, that's, oh, it's great to have the memory on all that. You know, you had great success with HR puff and stuff, but then came the bugaloo's where the music, uh, became the star of the show just as much as the show itself.
0: Right. Yeah. And the fact we, we, we just did a pilot on the Bugaloo's, a new one, but we're going to do it again. And, uh, not sure how we're going to do it, but, uh, so far, I got Randy Jackson who wants to do the music on it this oh, time. Oh, interesting. Okay. So, you know, we just keep going. I, I don't take no for an answer. You know, with, with Mud and Stuff, we have 73 episodes. We just finished two one-hour specials on Mud and Stuff. In fact, I had Randy Jackson in one and David Arquette in the other. Oh, that's great. And with that, with those, that success, when we did the first pilot, I got a call from an executive at Nickelodeon on Thanksgiving Eve, so I thought the show were getting picked up, and she ran the show into the ground and didn't pick us up. So I went to New York. I talked to uh, uh, Seema Zarkami, who was the president, and I badgered her, and she gave me another pilot. And then, you know, she picked up this thing seven times. Wow, which This is incredible in the like, last two and a half years. Marshall, Will, and Holly.
1: On the routine expedition, met the greatest earthquake ever know High on the rapid, it struck their tiny...
0: you buy? Kellogg's. Kellogg's puts more in your morning.
1: My nourishment. More flavor. More fun. It's the Banana Splits Adventure Hour. Starring the Arabian Nights. Danger Island. The Three Musketeers. And the banana. La, la, la,
0: la, la. One banana, two banana, three banana, four, four bananas, make a bunch of so many more. Overhill and highway, the banana
1: book. It's Steve Flyer on 720 all WGN, and we're talking to legendary children's TV producer, Marty Croft. Marty, the networks were after you to produce shows for all their networks. You had shows on ABC, NBC, and CBS. Uh, Lidsville came around with Butch Patrick, who was Eddie Munster, Charles Nelson Reilly, Billy Hayes, uh, Sigmund and the Sea Monsters with Johnny Whitaker from Family Affair, Billy Barty, Mary Wicks, Margaret Hamilton. Bob uh, Denver. Bob Denver. Uh, well, yeah, at Far Out Space Nuts with uh, Chuck McCann, too, who just right. passed away. Yeah.
0: yeah, I don't know if you said Martha Ray, who was beneath the bazaar. Yes. I if I go first. <laughs> yes. You know, and uh, yeah, I mean, we we always went after him. You know, Jim Mabers was great. So, you know, we always had these people in our shows, those kind of names. They attract—the adults were important for that. Kids didn't know who they were. But the adults, you know, they lead the kids to the shows. Yeah. So we, I, were, smart. we were smart about it.
1: I think that was brilliant. Yeah, absolutely, because there were familiar faces in all this. Now, Land of the Lost— was a little bit different, and and it, anytime I heard hear the words Marshall, Will, and Holly, you know, I know I know that theme. That theme kicks in right away. Um, that that show was a show. We always sat down and watched it. When I watch it now, those special effects were were hysterical. I mean, just seeing the dinosaurs and well, stuff going you know, on.
0: They weren't prehistoric, but they weren't what they are today.
1: Yeah, right. And you know,
0: that's what the kids had. And you know, I don't know. We find out the more money you spend on the show, you going to have more trouble. You know, the,
1: yeah, that's the,
0: true. everybody watching your shows, they're looking at the story and they're looking at the characters. And then that's really what keeps them on your, you know, on your show. Because today there are a hundred places you can switch off to. It's true. And you can watch them at any time. Yeah. You know, before it was getting up a Saturday morning with your cereal and watching the shows.
1: And then you got into variety shows too. I mean, you know, first being Donnie and Marie, um, Well,
0: Well, that was the big breakthrough for us. That was Fred Silverman and Michael Eisner who were together at that time at ABC. And they called us up one day and they said, hey, we thought we saw two kids, you know, on a TV talk show. Uh, What do you think? We're thinking about doing that. And they said, look, you know, maybe we'll give this to you to do, even though we hadn't done it before. And they did. They put it out on Friday night. eight o'clock ABC never had a a Friday night ever so Donnie and Marie made their Friday night so that was our first one in so that opened us up for more of those kinds of shows and uh, we wound up with the Brady Bunch Hour we wound up with uh you know Barbara Mandrell the Mandrell sister
1: Pink Lady and Jeff
0: yeah Pink Lady and Jeff and uh we did the, we did P- Patty Labelle that never got on as a series at NBC. So, as you know, most of our shows I think uh, got on this way. We did about twenty pilots in the life of our career, and we got eighteen on the air. Wow! And seven, seventeen worked. So our batting average is
1: not bad. No, it's not. Bad. It's not bad at all. And in all this, you know, and I and I read about this, and I want you to share this because. When I was growing up in the 70s, um, you know, Saturday mornings were also filled with McDonald's commercials. And I always watched the McDonaldland characters. And I thought to myself, boy, this is really, really, really like the characters and the costumes that um, uh, Sid and Marty Croft uh, puts on their shows. And there's a story behind that.
0: Well, there is, because I went to my lawyers in L.A. and I said, you know what? I think we should really sue them because they did really stu- steal H.R. Puffin stuff because the hamburger was witchy poo, Man cheese was puffing stuff. So they said, you're out of your mind. You're not going to do that. You're going to get killed. So 13 years later, we finally did beat them. And, uh, you know, that was, uh, that was a big, big win for us. And it was not the money. It was just, you know, that we were able to do that. And uh, so that was really where it's at. But
1: didn't they did, like, didn't they engage you, though? Didn't they engage your company in the very, very early stages about this? And then they went off and did it themselves, I, right?
0: I don't know. But I think at the time, I think that they were given, you know, I think that they didn't uh, advertise on our shows for a while. Ah. But, you know, you know, this thing happened. Ray Kroc called me, who was the founder. Oh, yeah took them to Six Flags, and he told me about this idea he had, and then they said they weren't going to do it. And the next thing I know, I came back from Europe. I saw it on TV. So that's how this whole thing happened. Yeah, yeah. They could have settled it with us immediately, sure. but they didn't want it. And at that time, nobody ever, you know, when the trials today are all advertised, they got stories. So we were told not to talk about it, which was probably a mistake. But anyway, that was... You know, it's the leading copyright case in the world today. So, Sid Martin, and Croft are known for their shows, and also for this for this uh, lawsuit decision. Yeah, which is every college kid that goes to law school studies this case.
1: Well, here's the thing: no, you know, no one really sues McDonald's and wins. So, good for you on that one. Um, late years later, in the '80s, and I always found this to be fascinating. Came <laughs> priors Yes. Yeah, go ahead.
0: By the way, just going back to McDonald's, you can see it, did the earth this no. <laughs> no, it didn't hurt him.
1: no, no, it didn't bother him. No. Um. Back in in 84, you guys launched Pryor's Place. And for the reputation that Richard Pryor had, not to mention, of course, being a brilliant comedian, to headline a children's show was such a bold move. And the guests on that show, and I was pretty, you know, I was in high school by that point, but I found it so fascinating that he was doing a children's show. I was watching it. And I remember Sammy Davis being on there and Robin Williams and Lily Tomlin. And it won Emmys. It only lasted for 13 episodes. Why, why didn't it continue? I thought that was a really interesting show.
0: It was a miracle. You got that many with Richard. Yeah. You know, close to him. And uh, he was, you know, he said he would do it. Then he said he didn't want to do it. He would do it. As a matter of fact, one day, we we're already building $250,000 worth of sets. He came to the studio with his lawyer, who actually was our lawyer at one time when he was a kid. And he said, look, I don't want to do this show. Uh, I said, look, I got $250,000 in the sets. He said, that's okay. Uh, He says, you know, uh, Skip has a check in his pocket. I'll write you a check for $250,000. I said, Richard, could you please take a walk with me? (laughs) So then the next thing was, he said he would do it. And the final story about this is, uh, which was like real tough to do this, And every night I would talk to him and not about the show. He wanted to do a press conference. Uh, He was starting up a new black film company. And he asked me to organize the press conference. I said, Richard, I don't do this. He said, no, but I trust you. Hmm. So I did it. I hired my two press agents to do it. And uh, there was a woman from the New York Times there who uh, asked him a question. And she said, why did you do this show, Richard? Because you're paying back the kids for all the havoc you caused? He says to her, No, do you know Marty Croft? She says, No. Well, if you knew him, you would say yes immediately and get him the hell out of the room.
1: It's <laughs> <That's> awesome. <laughs> that's- oh, that's great.
0: Was the major talent of all time. Yeah, he was.
1: Yeah.
0: And he was really a nice person. He was a great person. He just had a lot of challenges. Yeah. You know, and.
1: Yeah.
0: up. He was a pro. We did the 13 shows. And he said, Marty, sorry, I don't want to do any
1: more. Yeah. 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 It was an interesting show. And, of course, you guys just, you know, again, you keep rolling. Uh, Mutt mutton stuff, as you mentioned, on Nickelodeon. Um, My five-year-old loved that show. You rebooted Sigmund uh, and the Sea Monsters on Amazon. And finally a Lifetime Achievement Award from the Television Academy. And I, and I I truly believe when I saw it, I was so happy for you guys, because I, I really feel like it was a long time coming. But how wonderful is it that to be recognized for a lifetime of work? Well,
0: that was great. You know, we did good. It, it, this was a—when we found that we were getting it, of course, that's you work all your career, so that's your peers, you know, you're, you're giving you that award. And uh, the night we got it, it was great. You know, these award shows are brutal. Mm-hmm. So we were the home run of the award show because, you know, we showed a great clip of, of our careers. Sure. And then my brother went out for an hour and a half and told him how he felt. And then I did two minutes. And that was said, I'm only kidding about my brother. <laughs> but anyway, we were, okay. I think we were entertaining. And, uh, and you know, and it was it's a great thing. And uh, so now we have an Emmy. You know, shows Emmy's, and we've been nominated before, but not us. So this is really the first award. This is Body Craft.
1: I'm so happy for you. I mean, congratulations on all that. Let me tell you, all I did was post an image of Puff and stuff on Facebook to say that you were going to be joining our show this weekend, and of course, eight billion people reacted that this was the best show ever. And I mean, it's just it's just great when you think about that show is almost you know 50 years old, and it still invokes that type of excitement and that type of memories by people that grew up with all your programming.
0: Well, I could have a mission for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're told that we have about 40 million fans. So if you could figure out a way to get a hold of them <laughs>
1: and
0: get them each to send $1 piece, we <laughs> could all go to the south of France and never come back.
1: Okay. You know what? I'm going to work on that for you. <laughs> I'm going to work you well i'll tell you what many of the Croft productions of course are available on dvd their website is sid and marty croft.com you can catch their latest creations mutton stuff on nickelodeon and a reboot of sigmund and the sea monsters on amazon and and again marty congratulations on the lifetime achievement award and all your success and and thank you for the joy you have and continue to give us for many years to come
0: okay hey, thanks so much david and you really impressed me. I've never talked to anybody that knew as much as you, including <laughs> myself.
1: <laughs> That's great. That's great. Well, again, an honor an honor speaking with you. Again, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks. Thank you. All right. It's 720 WGF.
0: The buckaloos, the buckaloos, we're in the air and everywhere. Flying high, flying loose, flying free as the summer breeze.